Welcome to the Valley Biz Buzz podcast, brought to you by the West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce. My name is Diana Williams. Please welcome founder and CEO of Pet and Home Care and Small Biz Consultancy, our Valley Biz Buzz co-producer and show host, Tiffany Lewis. Welcome listeners. Today we have West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce member, Steve Hockman, owner of SolarHawk. Steve is a renewable energy broker. Please welcome our Valley Biz Buzz guest, Steve Hockman. Hey. Thanks for joining <laughs> us today. Thank you. Sure That's thing. Fine. Well, let's get started. How did you get into solar? How did I get into solar? Um, well, it's funny because I did not come out here to become the solar hawk. I, got, I came out here because I wanted to become Steven Spielberg. And I discovered that you guys already had one. <laughs> so um, I discovered really early that my talent, you know, I love writing, I love acting and directing and stuff, but my talent really was in about was finding talent and finding great stories and putting people together and getting them excited for projects. And that's what I did. And early on, I was doing a lot of sports related stuff. So I did the first show I did was called The Farm. We were following minor league ball players up to the major leagues. We were working with the Dodgers AAA team, the Las, uh, Las Vegas Area 51s. Wow. Um, it was a lot of fun. And it was just, it was exciting. You know, it was really, I mean, obviously guys love sports, but I was really trying to reach out to everybody and really reach out to women, especially, and show them the, the stories underneath. So like, you know, for instance, like, you know, how exciting is it for a mom to get called in the middle of the night that she needs to head out to LAX and fly out to Kansas City and watch her son pitch against the Yankees tomorrow, you know what I mean? Achieve his dream. So I, I wanted to show all that stuff from the inside. So that was really cool. And I worked on a lot of sports related stuff like that. And then I was, I was introduced to Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, after I was producing probably about eight, 10 years. And he, he just blew me away. And he had an organization called the Water Keepers. And I had no clue what was going on. I had no clue how how much in jeopardy really our, our, our water was. Mm. Um, and I worked on this project for about a year. There's, there's about 200 of these water keepers all around the world. There's a Santa Monica Bay keeper. There's water keepers all over the place, depending on what the problems are. Like in West Virginia, for instance, there's a lot of coal ash that runs off into the waters, right? Um, in the Pacific Northwest, they're trying to protect the salmon streams, you know? So, I, I thought these people were amazing and they'd be incredible on screen because they're very, uh, they're brilliant people. They're very charismatic. There's a lot of conflict going on. They have to raise their own money to do their jobs. I mean, it was amazing. So we went to Alaska and we were shooting the pilot in Alaska and we were shooting the oil companies dumping their waste directly into the water off the coast of Alaska. Terrible. And, and I had, I just, I got physically sick um, because when I was a kid, I actually had very severe asthma and I, I almost died a few times. And that feeling of not being able to breathe and, and really wondering if I was going to, you know, live, that feeling came to me. So we, uh, so we, <laughs> we got back to LA and of course we didn't sell the show. Um, they bought, you know, like the Kardashians reality uh, show. But I had been introduced to how clean and dirty energy were about the same price. And to me, it was a no brainer. So, you know, when I say clean and dirty, the energy that we're getting, like this energy right now that we're using the electricity here, a lot of it is coming from oil and coal and natural gas. Um, and it got to the point where solar was about just as cheap as dirty energy. And that's why I got into it. Wow. 
Yeah. Really covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. I'm sure the sports fans out there would be excited to know your history in sports. Well, sports fans would actually be excited to know how many, and I don't have it right in front of me, but if you go to my website, actually, I have a lot of them. There are so many stadiums. I mean, all the new stadiums being built, the new one right here in L.A., solar powered. The one in Santa Clara for the, for the Niners. So, in fact, I think almost all the, the eight teams that were left in the playoffs last week were all solar powered stadiums. That's incredible. It's pretty amazing. Sounds like big progress. Yeah, it's awesome. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, it's amazing that a shift in your perspective caused a major shift in your career. Mm -hmm. I admire that. And I'm also really sorry to hear about your childhood. That sounds really scary. <laughs> so glad you pulled through. Well, I mean, everybody has their own stuff, you know, but it's, you see the evolution of where it brings you. you Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I really like how you took measurable action when you learned of the devastating effects of what we're doing to our planet to actually take change and try to help fight climate change with solar. So I commend you for that. Appreciate that. And, you know, in addition to what you've already discussed, what else do you really love about solar? Like what gets you out of bed every day? Well, I mean, what gets me out of bed every day is that every building should have solar on it because people are wasting money. I mean, really, you know, I mean, look, you could, I'm glad we, we talked about, you know, what made me passionate about this and that's what drives me is, is a real fear of what's going to happen if we don't do something different. But I don't really get into that with people. Um, uh, it's really just an economic choice. And it's, it's such a no-brainer. I mean, you're, all you're doing is switching vendors. You're already buying electricity. So, you know, it's like, you know, people may not remember this, but it's like going from Blockbuster to Netflix and you own <laughs> the movies. You know what I mean? So you're, you're going from a dirty, you know, expensive you know, expense that you have in your life to a clean, pure expense that's actually less. I mean, you're lowering, you're, you're paying less for something better. I mean, it's a no-brainer. So that's what excites me is that I know when I go talk to people, even if I'm getting any resistance, it's just because they don't know yet. They just haven't seen the movie. And it's just, I've been doing this for 10 years. So it's, in a way, it's a good thing that they still don't know because that's why I have a job. I mean, my job is to bring something to people that they, they're not aware of, really. Sure. Um, it's shifted a little bit in terms of what I'm really talking about with people now, but still, they have no clue. And the biggest thing is really is understanding that, you know, like, you're already paying for this. You're already, this is a necessity of your life, and you're already paying for it, and you're overpaying for it, and then you're, oh, you're paying more and more every single year. So you're basically, you're wasting your money. You can, you can make it yourself for less money, and eventually it's free. I mean, if you're, you know, we'll get into cash versus financing, I'm sure. But, you know, it's, it's such a no-brainer. So that's why I love it. And now what, what gets me even more excited is businesses because solar is a no-brainer for your home. But when you're dealing with a business, it's a triple no-brainer. Okay. Because businesses not only get the tax credit, but they get depreciation. Their bills are a lot higher than ours because they have something called the demand charge in their bill that multiplies their cost. Oh, um, I didn't know that. So they get a much faster return on investment. And... Their bills are so much higher, so they're offsetting so much more cost. And it's, you know, it, it's just, that's what I love. And people need to know about this stuff. That's great. So it sounds like solar can actually add to the bottom line of your net profits for oh, a business. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If you're going to, if you, look, if, if you went, if DWP called you up today and said, listen, we're going to drop your, your cost. We're going to slash your cost by 30% tomorrow. What are you going to say? Okay. Thank you, right? I mean, <laughs> And not only that, but we're never going to raise it again. And not only that, but one day we're going to forget about billing you. 
So that's really, that's, that's what, you know, just to, I can understand the confusion. There's, there's a confusion people have in their brains about what solar is because they think it's expensive. And we're going to get into that. But it is expensive if you're looking at it from one, if you're saying, if you're comparing apples and oranges. So if you're saying, wow, why do I need to spend $30,000 or $50,000 or $20,000? My electric bill is 300 bucks a month or 500 bucks a month. Well, it's because they're comparing apples and oranges. They're not realizing that the same exact amount of money that they would pay if they're paying cash is exactly the same amount they're going to give to the utility in the next seven years anyway. Solar is a seven-year return on investment residentially. Okay. Not for me, it's less because I'm a broker, but basically that's what it is. So people, if you can afford to pay your electric bill seven years in advance and it's not going to hurt you, then do it because you're going to get 35 years of power of solar power for the price of seven from the utility. So that's what's an amazing thing. And that's what people need to understand. But most people, 90% of my customers are financing. They're basically just refinancing their electric bill. They're just dropping their cost and fixing it so it never goes up. And then it eventually goes away because they own something. They're actually buying something. So, you know, the analogy I always used to use was, you know, how much money would you have saved if you were still paying a dollar a gallon for gas? Right? I mean, wouldn't you love to go to the gas station today and still, if you were paying a dollar a gallon, since it was a dollar a gallon, how much money would you have saved? A lot. <laughs> and now tomorrow, they hand you the keys to the gas station. You own the gas station and your gas is free for the rest of your life. That's solar. That's the bottom line is you're lowering your costs as low as it possibly can go. You're fixing it so it never goes up again. You're going to save more money every year against the utility. And then one day you own your system outright and your system is going to create energy for 25 to 35 years. It's insane. That's great. You make a lot of really good points there. And you also mentioned that you're a solar broker. What does that mean? A solar broker. Um, I think I kind of was, I, I, you know, there's not, I, I think I kind of invented it in a way. Um, it was cool because I love solar. This is the greatest thing I've ever done. I've been doing this for 10 years and I worked for a couple of very good companies and I wanted to learn as much as I could. I knew this is where I wanted to be and, and renewable energy was, my, was where I wanted to make my career. Um, and so I worked for a great roofing company, great electricians. I learned every aspect I could, but every company is kind of cookie cutter in their own way. They only, they do it a certain way. And I would look at another company and say, Hey guys, can we, let's use the equipment those guys are using. Let's use this financing. I want to use these inverters. No, we just do it this way. So what happened was my mom, my grandmother was in a senior care home in New Jersey. And it got very expensive. So she moved back with my mom and my mom's bills went through the roof. So she wanted solar. So I, I was negotiating for my mom in Jersey. I talked to like 40 different contractors back in Jersey. And I was like, no, you're not giving us 10 years. You're giving us 25 years. I don't want string inverters. I want micro inverters. Where's your labor warranty? Where's your workmanship? So they were trying to basically, you know, everybody offers different things. And I wanted my mother to get the maximum that's available. I know the industry. I know what she can get. So I, I negotiated the best deal possible for my mom. So after that, I realized, you know, this is what I always wanted to do for all my customers. I mean, I know the best installers out there. I know the best stuff to use. I know how to mix and match and what's different and how you, you know, every, every job is custom in a lot of ways. So how can we maximize your benefits, maximize your protections for the lowest cost? And that's, that's the niche that I created. 
That's great. I love that. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs are born that, born that way. You find a market inefficiency and you fill it. So good for you. For I'd like to say that I did that on purpose, but it was like, it was a fortunate thing. You know, it just happened to be one of those things where I was doing this and then it was like, oh my God, you know, I could do this. There you go. Yeah. It's a great way to create a new business. Yeah. How long have you had your business? Four years. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, regarding the solar, you know, I hear there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Mm -hmm. What are, what are some of the big ones that you hear that maybe you want to debate or set straight? Well, really, I mean, I just touched on it. Really, the biggest misconception to people is that it's expensive because they're comparing apples and oranges. You know, um, it's solar is just, bottom line is we live in the solar system, right? We call it the solar system for Good a point. reason. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Solar, the sun is the most powerful force in our universe. And what's incredible, you'll see this on my website, is 20 minutes of the sun can power the entire planet for a year. Wow, and here we are not tapping into that. I mean, think about that. It's insane, right? It's incredible. I mean, everything you need, if you just think about your own life, all the gas you buy for your car, all the electricity for your house, your computers, you know, batteries, whatever, any power source you need for an entire year, and then multiply that by, what do we have, like 7 billion people on the planet, in just 20 minutes, the sun gives us that. The sun gives us 72 years of power every day. Wow. So it's, it's obvious it's that solar is renewable power to begin with, but solar is the cheapest form of power on planet Earth. And the reason why this is for people to understand this is because when you look at your electric bill, you're paying for two things. You're paying for generation and delivery. If you look at your bill, you'll see you're paying for DWP to make the power they got to rip the coal out of the ground. They got to pulverize it, steam it, create electricity from it, spend a ton of money on doing that. But your house is still black. There's no light there. So now they have to send it to you on the grid. So you're paying for distribution and generation. The sun is shining on your roof. There's no generation cost. The sun makes the power. All we got to do is convert it and it has to run six feet into your, into your power line and boom, you're done. That's why renewable power, you know, renewable meaning it renews itself like wind and you know hydro uh, and solar and you know it renews itself mother nature is making this power we're getting this enormous source of power and all we have to do is convert it and that's why renewable power has an infinite you know competitive edge against man-made power um, the other thing too is i i don't want people to think that this is like some tree hugging you know like we hate like i love i love i love gas cars I love power, I love speed, I think it's amazing, I love being in airplanes, I love all that stuff, it's incredible. It's just that people have to understand that we're at a level where there's a certain number of carbon, there's 415 parts per million carbon on this planet, and human beings cannot really survive at a certain level, with that. and that's why we have to limit it. So mm -hmm. that's all this is, and it's not like we need to get rid of this stuff. We're not going to, I mean, it's going to take a long time before somebody is like, you know, feels confident in flying in a solar airplane, right? <laughs> so we're going to need this stuff, you know, but I, I, I was, I was talking to you earlier about this, about um, this golf analogy. If people at home, if they play golf, there's a, there's a rule in golf called the 90 degree rule. So what happens is if, if it's bad weather or it's just rained or whatever to preserve the golf course, Instead of when you hit your ball, just driving straight for your ball, you have to drive on the, on, the, on the cart path until you're 90 degrees from the ball and then drive across the fairway. So you're trying to preserve the course that way. 
So to me, what we need to do really is assess what we have. We have an enormous amount of power coming from the sun and the wind and hydro, et cetera. Use, use that as much as we can. It's the cheapest form of power to begin with. It's so plentiful. And let's use oil and let's use, let's use natural, let's use this stuff in when we need to, in places that we need to. Let's delegate it to certain things. So when we need it, we need it, you know, but we don't need to be using it nearly as much as we are. And that gets into the politics of the fact that oil has really, they have shielded the truth from us for a long time. That's what's happened. But right now we're at a point where no matter what you call it, some people don't want to call it what it is, but you know, all these wildfires are happening because the climate has changed. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the fact that the glaciers are melting, the fact that we have more water in the ocean means that our hurricanes are more devastating. Why? Because there's more water in the ocean and there's more water content in the air and both of them hit us in a hurricane. That's why hurricanes are much more devastating now. Wildfires are more devastating because the, the seasons have basically changed. The snow melt from the, from the mountains happens earlier and it dries out the land. So the land is like basically flammable. And that's why we, we basically have melded the Northern California, Southern California, the, the fire seasons are basically the same now. And it's just devastating. So, you know, this is real. The good news about this stuff is that the brilliance of mankind has figured out ways to do so many things and tap into this power and, and carbon sequestration. There's ways that we have that we can take carbon out of the air and, and we can create jobs and we can do all this stuff. So the fact that people are not aware of this is because, you know, the fossil fuel industry has done a fantastic job of shielding these things from us because they want to continue to make money. And that's fine. But you know what? There's, there's a... There's a use for what they have, and we need to do what we need to do. I mean, it's funny, if you think of it, here's, here's a great analogy is the, the coal museum, I think it's in Kentucky, guess how, the, guess how they get their power? Solar. Solar. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I mean, it's just 99% of all new power plants built today are renewable power plants. Wow. When you drive out to... You know, Palm Springs, you see all the, all the wind out there. Sure. Right? When you drive to Vegas, you see what's called Ivanpah. There's a big, huge, those are, they're not solar panels. Those are mirrors. It's called oh, a solar thermal plant. I've seen that. I wonder. It's amazing, right? I mean, it's, so we have all this power. We should be tapping into it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you truly believe that solar, using solar energy actually reduces our carbon footprint? Well, it, it's, solar doesn't reduce the carbon footprint. Just doesn't add to it. <laughs> it just doesn't add to it. That's what okay. it is. Exactly. So, you know, I, I wish it did. I wish solar could suck carbon in, but whatever's out there, whatever factors are out there for whatever climate change is going to happen right now and continue, it just, we're adding to it. Every mm -hmm. time we spew carbon into the air and the water, we're adding to it. We're making it worse. Solar just offsets literally like when we do a presentation, I'm showing like how much you're saving, but I'm also showing how many it's, it's equivalent to how many trees you would have planted. It's equivalent to how much carbon, how many, how many miles you're not driving in a car. And there's thousands of tons of carbon not going into the air and the water anymore when you go solar. That's great. Yeah. I'm sure our great grandkids will be happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of great grandkids in the future, what do you expect that we can see in the future with solar energy? We're going to just see more. More? I mean, it's a proven concept. You know, I mean, I, when I first started, it was all about leasing because you could always buy solar, but it was expensive and there weren't a lot of warranties and 
guarantees from people and people were scared to do it and they were kind of on their own. So in the golden state of California, we didn't have a lot of solar. Um, in fact, I think it was Schwarzenegger started the million solar, the million solar plan. He, they wanted to have a million solar units out there, which was brilliant. And so there was refunds and incentives. The federal government gave this the 30% tax credit, which was brilliant. And it incentivized people to go solar. And it was just easy. It was just, look, you're paying 150 bucks a month to the utility and it goes up every year. What if you could pay 150 bucks a month and it doesn't go up anymore? Yeah, that would be great. That, that, that was the sale and that's still the sale. That's, that's, what, that's what solar is. Solar is reducing your costs as low as it possibly can go and fixing it so it never goes up. That, that's, that's all it is. So, because most people finance, most people can't, you know, like, as I said before, they can't, it will hurt them to pay their electric bill seven years in advance, because that's basically what it will cost. You know, okay. $30,000 is probably, is what you're gonna spend in the next seven years. If you pay it now, you are making your power for 35 years, but otherwise you're financing. So you're taking a $300 electric bill and you're dropping it to 222 or 180 or whatever it's gonna be but you're fixing it and that's the key and that's what solar does. So that's why it works. I mean, it's, it's, that's why it's such a no brainer. And I just, I love it. And it's just really a matter of getting that across to people and getting them to understand it. That's great. Well, it sounds like it's a good way to really plan your future expenses too, if you know what to expect going forward. Right. And you mentioned, you know, solar's, the price has gone down, I'm sure since it first became popular. Mm -hmm. Do you think it will continue to go down? Should people wait to get solar? Should they jump on it now? No, it's not. I mean, there was a point a couple of years ago, that was always the argument, I should wait, I should wait. And I always had ways to show people that, you know, waiting doesn't make sense. And it's hard to do that without visuals right now. But the fact of the matter is that we got to what's called grid parity, I think about five years ago, meaning that the cost per watt of, of solar was equal or less. It started going, the utility started going above it and solar was going below it. So it is, it is literally and officially cheaper to get power from the sun than it is to get it from the utility. So waiting doesn't make any sense. As a matter of fact, waiting means you're gonna pay more. The tax credit just, went, just, just dropped. It was 30%, now it's 26%. Oh. So this year you're paying a little bit more for it than you were last year. The utility continued. The utility is way higher than the cost of solar anyway, and it's going to keep rising anyway. So it's just, we are beyond the point of, you know, does this make sense? I mean, of course it makes sense. It's just really a matter of, you know, who's taking care of this for you and how can you maximize your benefits from it? And that's what it is. Um, so really, we also remember we have some tariffs out there now, which were just crazy, but they added tariffs to what we're doing. So it made it a little bit more expensive. What the tariffs really did was it took the cheap stuff and made the cheap stuff more expensive. That's no good. And if you're using the really good quality stuff, which is what we were always using, it really didn't affect us. Okay. Especially if it's American made. But no, the it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to wait. Look, I mean if somebody if you're gonna move in the next three, four years or something, does it make sense to get solar? Yes. Because when I buy your house four years from now, that house is much more valuable to me and I'm gonna pay more money for it. But that, I'm not going to wrestle with people about that. But if you're going to be in your house for five years or more, it doesn't make any sense for you. It, it doesn't make sense not to do this. If you're in a business and you're going to be in a business for four years or more, then it's a triple no-brainer. I didn't even think about that. So having the solar not only puts more money in your pocket, it also increases the value of your home, of your business. Uh, you mentioned earlier that that's something I found really funny is you, you put the 
solar on, next thing you know, you have your own power plant on top of your house. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you're that's what you're doing. You're taking money, you're taking money out of the trash. I mean, you're throwing this money in the trash when you're renting from the utility. You're taking it out of the trash. Take the tax credit, put it in your pocket. If it's a business, you're taking depreciation, putting that back in your pocket. And so you're, you're paying a fraction of what you were going to pay before. And you wind up paying for like a business. Most of them, it's, it's like a four or five year return on investment. So they're paying the same exact amount that they're going to give to the utility in the next four or five years to invest in their own business. Mm. And after that, then they're just, then they're, then they're getting dividends every single month. After it's paid itself off, every single month of no electric bills is a dividend. That's money in your pocket. And it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger until you retire. And then you're going to sell your amazing business for even more money because it's got a power plant on it. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. That's great. It's incredible. Hopefully more business owners will take action and make the switch. Yeah. You mentioned that tax credit a couple of times. Is that something easy to redeem? Do you help your customers go through that process or tell us how that works? Yeah, well, first of all, everything that we go through, I want my customers to know how everything works. There's certain things that, they're, they're, there's things that some customers have never been, they never understood how the how net metering works with the utility, for instance. That's the way that they bill you after you have solar. Um, they don't understand how it fluctuates and, um, they, and tax credits, et cetera. I want my customers to know everything. So the tax credit is just is very simple. I mean, it's just money that it's coming from your taxes. It's a one-to-one -one thing. So if we use an example, let's say that you're getting a $30,000 system and you're getting $9,000 back. How does that happen? Well, usually people do their taxes one of two ways. They either take their money out of their taxes. It's withheld every week. So let's say they're withholding $200 a week out of your paycheck. The IRS has $10,000 of your money. And in April, let's say you don't owe anything more or they don't owe you anything back. Okay. That, that 10,000 is called your tax liability. That's the money that the IRS is gonna keep. That's what you're liable to pay. Now, if you've got a $30,000 solar system, they're literally gonna take 9,000 of that 10 and send it back to you. That's great. So that money is meant for solar. That, that's earmarked for solar. If you wait until the end of the year and your accountant says, hey, our tax liability is 10 grand, but only write a check for 1,000 to the IRS and this 9,000 applied towards your solar. It's just that simple. That's a great incentive. Mm -hmm. Is it too late? You know, tax season's coming up. Can you get it this year and apply it to last year's Taxes, or it'll just be for uh, this year's. Yeah, it has to be. The system has to be purchased in that year. So, like you know, in twenty twenty, any you know, you need to purchase the system. I mean, some accountants, by the way, like I, I defer to the accountants on this. Some of the accountants are very strict with how they read this, um, or not. But basically, it has to be the system has to be purchased and paid for and installed. Um, and some accountants go as far as to say that it needs to be turned on. Um, although there's no real way to legally see when it's turned on. You get what's called permission to operate from the utility. But it has to be done in the year of, of, of when you're claiming your taxes. Okay. Well, our next guest is actually a CPA, so this could be a, oh, nice. a good topic to mention with him as well. Cool. Yeah. Back to coal, um, you know, you gave us some of your thoughts. Can you tell us a little bit more about how coal actually affects our earth and the damage extracting it causes? Yeah, and, and again, I mean, I don't, you know, this is... Look, first of all, I'm amazed with the fact that we can take rocks out of the ground and we can make electricity out of it. I mean, that's insane to me. I'm amazed that we can build a mini city in the middle of the ocean 
right? And we can drill down miles into the ocean floor and extract resources and, and refine this stuff and ship it back to shore and pump it into my car and I can drive anywhere I want to go. I mean, it's incredible what, it what we have been able to do. So this is not about, you know, this is, I have the utmost respect for all the brilliant engineers and scientists and all the people who have made this stuff happen. But, you know, again, when this is affecting our grandchildren's ability to survive on planet Earth, that's important. I mean, we, we, need to, we need to look at that. I mean, God forbid your friend gets cancer, your friend needs to know this, and your friend needs to start working on this as soon as possible. Your friend certainly doesn't need to keep doing the stuff that is giving him cancer. And when it comes to, like, coal, coal is also an amazing thing. Coal is actually a filter. It's like the Earth's liver. Oh. It's, I mean, you know, you, you've had, you know, have you ever had any of those little charcoal pills? Sure. You know, like, I think those are like, you know. Help like, you detox. <laughs> exactly. It's like a detox thing or, or, you know, instead of getting a hangover. Coal is, coal is the liver of the planet. It's, it's, um, when it rains, the water rushes down through the coal and the coal absorbs the impurities. And underneath the coal are formed these, they're called aquifers. They're pure, it's like pure water. And a lot of our drinking water comes from these amazing aquifers. So when you're taking coal out of the ground, not only are you ripping part of the liver of the earth out, but then you're, you're, you're puffing carbon into the air and into the water, and it's leaching into our arable land, our farmland. So Double it's doing, whammy. It's horrible. Yeah, so that, that's, that's what's so bad about this thing. The other thing people should know about coal also is that coal is being used much less and it's being phased out. Why? Because natural gas actually is the thing that offset coal. When they started when they started fracking and going towards natural gas, which also is not fantastic, it offset coal because it was a lot less expensive. That's why it was moved to coal. I wish that all these moves that are being made was because people were green and they were all tree huggers. But everything comes down to money. And so the fact that we're moving towards these things, the fact that 99% of our power plants are renewable is proof that it's cheaper because it's not, you know, the guys who are building these things are not tree huggers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never thought of it that way, that coal is actually a giant filter for our earth. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to think that we're ripping it out. But, you know, I'm, I'm just as guilty. I drive a gas guzzling SUV and I should probably make some changes myself. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, drive, I drive a Prius that has... Of course you do. <laughs> but it's, you know, look, I would love to afford an electric car and, and now they're getting more affordable. When I got this car, that's where I was at. But look, it, it's, it's whatever you can do. I mean, this is the world we live in. Like I said, I mean, I love gas cars. I love this stuff. But like, what can we do? I mean, is there anything that we can do? I mean, there's a million things we can do. Not, not just, you know, if you're a mom and pop store, you know, switch all your lights out to LEDs. Oh, make it more point. efficient. Start small. If you have a home that's cold in the winter and hot and so put insulation in there. If you're driving a gas car, you know, can you limit what you're driving as far as the gas car goes? I mean, can we, you know, how can we limit stuff? Can we shut TVs off? Should, can we shut up? Just be conscious of it. You know, plastic is a huge thing. I mean, get, can you get a filter in your, like I just bought a filter for my sink. I just, I, I'm on a system right now where I'm paying X, X dollars a month or whatever. And I'm making my own water. I'm making alkaline water from my own sink. I'm not throwing plastic away, you know? So it's about being conscious of it and not beating each other up about this. And, and it's, it's silly to say, well, I can't do all of this, so forget it. I'm gonna just keep doing it exactly the way I was doing it before. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense, especially when it's cheaper 
to do it the healthy way. Right. Well, hey, Elon Musk, if you're listening, Valley Biz Buzz would love a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, hey, on a lighter note, literally lighter note, do you have any light bulb moments that you've learned in business that you can share with our business owners listening out there? The light bulb moment I was thinking about was um, one day I was pulling up to the Y, the YMCA where I work out, and I saw they were starting to build solar up on the roof. It was like this shockwave that shoots through your stomach kind of thing, because I, I had been wanting to talk to them about solar, and I just didn't. And maybe I was too scared or I rationalized that it would be too tough to go through the red tape and whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. Bottom line, you only regret things when you don't do them. And that mm -hmm. was to me, there's a, that was a lost opportunity, you know, cause I didn't, I didn't act on it. That's a big lesson learned. Mm -hmm. You know, something my grandfather always says that I love is he who hesitates is lost. Mm -hmm. So if you see an opportunity, you gotta jump on it. Otherwise you might miss a chance. And you sometimes you just gotta, Take a risk and hey, you may fail, but failure is a great way to learn. And I'm mm -hmm. sure you won't fail again, at least in that same aspect. Yeah. And you know what? You're, you're taking a risk on yourself. Think about it. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's not like you're putting money, you're betting money on a game or something. It's like you're, you're, you're saying, I think I can do this. And you're challenging yourself and you're trying something and you're going to learn something from it. You know, it's, um, it's funny because I've been using that in my golf game lately, you know, like, <laughs> It's like I always just like if I if I miss a putt or something, I'm getting better at watching it and seeing where it went instead of not looking. You know, like watching it and going, okay, where could I what could I've done differently mm -hmm. with that putt, as opposed to just being upset that I'm I got a high score or something. You know, <laughs> good point you make there. Yeah. Hey, I'm, as I'm looking at you, I'm I'm looking at your awesome custom hoodie, <laughs> and with your really cool logo on it, and it just occurred to me. And you know, you're the solar hawk and your last name's Hawkman, obviously mm -hmm. spelled differently, but is that a play on your last name? <laughs> it it, it kind of is. I, I didn't give myself the name. I like I was when I was working for a company a couple of years ago, the, you know, they would have, you know, with, with sales, they'd have little contests and whatever. And I won um, this. I was every year I was the I would win the like. I would do the self gen like I literally was out there knocking on doors. I was knocking oh, on wow. doors. Old school marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so I would knock on doors, set appointments for myself, and get customers that way. And then, and there were other ways to do it because I was a, a team leader. So there were other people knocking on doors, setting appointments for me. But I always found the best appointments were the ones that I set for myself. So anyway, they they used to call me the hawk, you know, and uh, I just I. I it was, it's a very endearing thing. When people give you, a, it just, you know, it was, a, it was a nickname that meant something more to me than, than throughout my life. So I just, you know, I said, you know, when I went into business, it was like, that was the thing I was gonna call it. I wasn't gonna call it Hawk Solar, so I just I called it Solar Hawk. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Super clever name, catchy, easy to remember. Mm -hmm. I'm sure other businesses out there might find that, you know, an inspiration for a rebrand or Maybe someone trying to start out and come up with a name. So mm -hmm. that's really great. Well, as we wrap up, I'm sure our listeners would love to be able to reach you, maybe ask you some follow-up questions. What's the best way for someone to find you? Just go to my website, www.thesolarhawk.com. And, it and it's got to be the. <laughs> okay, great. I couldn't get Solarhawk years ago when I got the website. So I had to get the Solarhawk. And I like it. That's all right. But you can go, and it's also, you have links to, I have a Facebook page as well. Okay, so, so you're you on Facebook at the Solar Hawk? Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, hey, Steve, this was really great. I learned a lot. I hope our listeners did too. And mm -hmm. I hope 
Um, there are some big takeaways here that people can really jump on and make the changes, either start small, which is swapping out some light bulbs for LED or saving up and making that switch to solar. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you listeners for joining us today for this solar powered episode. Did you like what you heard? Well, please subscribe. It's super easy. Check out Valley Biz Buzz on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Valley Biz Buzz to learn about our upcoming guests and episodes. Thank you for listening and keep buzzing. Nice.